Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 19th, 2021, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 5, How It Works, and we are on page 58, the fourth paragraph. Remember that we deal with alcohol. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Betty W., 12 Traditions, Dabalyn E., reading the text are Lauren Ann and Susan H., Patricia C.'s our backup, the newcomer greeter is Barbara W., and the host of the second hour is Sandy W. The reference numbers for Tuesday, May 18th, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,966, that's 16966, and for the 10 a.m. is 16,967. That's 16967. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's Fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Betty W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Betty W. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Now we can't hear you, Betty. This is Betty W. This is Betty W. A compulsive I am a compulsive eater and food addict calling in from Fayetteville, New York, and I'm in recovery thanks to God and the power of the program and the fellowship. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, everybody who's doing this with me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Betty W. Okay, I will now ask Javelin E. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. My name is Davalyn E. and I am a compulsive eater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for membership, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to give service, and may you all have a day full of peace and contentment. Pass. Thank you. Okay, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 58, the fourth paragraph. Remember that we deal with alcohol. 
reading that one paragraph only, and I will ask Lauren N. to begin reading. Good morning, all. This is Lauren N., compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. Thank you for letting me do service. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power, and that one is God. May you find him now. Wow, wowie, wowie, zowie. The first time I read this um, paragraph or this chapter, actually, I highlighted this in yellow. Then the second time I, I underlined it in, in pencil. And the third time I underlined it in pen. And I put in front of the very first word, an exclamation point and underline several times. The very first word is remember. My rememberer is broken. When I came into these rooms, I could not remember anything about my disease. I could not remember all the times I had started on Monday, on the first of the month, on the uh, first of the year, on the first of the week, and the, the, on Monday morning, on Monday by 10 o'clock, I was eating. I could not remember the effects that this disease had on my life. I had diabetes. I was giving myself four shots of a day, one of them of insulin, in my belly while I was, while I was out at, at meals, and I would still eat. I would still eat my allergic foods and not remember all the pain and suffering that I had in this disease until I found this vision for you and this book and started to believe it that the word remember became something that I did and do all the time. And it is so helpful to work with a newcomer to remember all the times I used to pick up and how pitiful and how demoralized I was by this disease. But thank you, I have found that one who has all power and that one is God. And God has repaired me, has gotten me to this point where I am down on my knees when it comes to food. I do not Try any longer. And I am so grateful that I have found this recovery. May you find him now. That is my wish for everyone on this line. All 8,000 people who are registered at the Vision for You. Time, please. All the, 
Thank you, Katie. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much for getting us started, Lauren. And so we're reading the bottom paragraph on page um, 58. So if you, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. Who would like to share? Irene. Hi, Claire E. from the UK. Linda D. Melissa C. Heidi L. Okay, just one second. I I heard Irene. Okay, Um, let me say who I've heard, and if you said your name, please say it again after I give this list. Irene, Claire E., Linda D., Melissa C., Barbara E. I know there were a few in there that I missed. Heidi L. Heidi L. Jane S. Jane K O. K O. L. Okay. Okay, let's stop there. Okay, I've Irene, I think it's B, but I'm not sure. Claire E., Linda D., Melissa C., Barbara E., Heidi L., Jane S., and K L. Okay, go ahead, please, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B. Gratefully recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I, I think, right now at this moment, I love this paragraph more than any I've ever loved. Uh, two things: I'm a recovered bulimic, haven't been purged uh, since April 4th, 2017. That's a miracle of God. And in here it says that the disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. It's like, you know what? We don't need to be told that. Each and every one of us knows that because which one of us hasn't tried a thousand diets, treatment centers, therapists, whatever, and we knew that we couldn't do it. So, yeah, we know that. I know that. I know that there is no way I could beat this bulimia, and I know I'm going to be known as a four-inpatient, four-outpatient treatment centers girl, approaching 40 therapy girl, and I could never achieve abstinence, recovery, or anything. And I know that I've been abstinent, and I say that I'm recovered because um, I remember. I remember what this disease does to me. I'm going through an extraordinarily unbearable situation. I've tried to commit suicide four times in my life, each and every time over the rejection of a man. My husband has been cheating on me and living with another woman. He's been living a double life. And I'm not suicidal. And I haven't gone to the food. And when I've thought about it, I remember what being bulimic was like, and I recoil from it as if a flame. I cannot go back to that. Whatever hell I'm going through now, and it is hell, I cannot go back to the food. And I've always wanted to have a relationship with God, but I didn't know how. I knew it was important, but he walked away from me. He rejected me. He did not protect me. I didn't know how. Because I was trying to do it on my own. And here we have this book in this fellowship that focuses on that relationship with God. And he has the power that I don't. And with that, I pass. Thank you. I'm recovered. Thank you so much, Um, Irene B. 
And Claire E, you're up, followed by Linda D. Oh, hi there. Sorry, uh, my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Can you, can I be heard? Yes, you sound great. Thank oh, you. Perfect. Lovely. Great. Thank you so much. Um, oh, I love this little paragraph. A small but very powerful. And um, what I've got written in my big book here is the original manuscript that Bill W. wrote, um, just as an adage. Um, so remember that you are dealing with alcohol, cunning, vastly powerful. Without help, it is too much for you. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. You must find him now. And I'm so grateful they changed the words because I think as I, as I first came in, that would have totally turned me off, totally turned me off. I would have definitely conceded that my illness was cunning, baffling and powerful. But to be told I must find God right now um, would definitely have had me running for the door. So I'm grateful to the um, to the group conscience, I guess, that modified that. But it does actually sort of speak to me now because, yeah, I, I you know, I must I must find a power greater than me. Because, you know, food, food in itself is not cunning, baffling or powerful. It's just food. It's just a substance. Um, but my illness is cunning, baffling and powerful, you know, and cunning. You know, it's bigger than me. It's it's um, it outwits me. It confuses me and it overpowers me time and time again. And, and my first sponsor always used to say, you know, look at the evidence, you know, look at the evidence. And the evidence was that I had spent my entire life trying to control my eating disorder trying to control my food trying to control my emotions trying to control you know all those bedevilments it talks about trying to control how I, how I felt how I acted and you know I might have had those 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 lofty ideals but I couldn't live up to them because this illness outwitted me every single time and you know towards the end of my illness it, it got more cunning you know it wasn't as obvious as let's eat some chocolate it wasn't you know, I could have spotted that one and um, as it's been said my memories you know I could probably have spotted that thought but it was more things like you know it's just some carrots or you know you don't need to do all of these things this is quite extreme you know these people are quite extreme um you know in moderation I've got a lot on my plate I'm different you know and it was powerful and cunning in that way too because this is the only illness I know of that just tells us we don't have an illness and it wants me dead you know something um it wants me dead and if it's a destructive um negative thought it's probably my illness in some shape or form and you know, thank God I've come to the, you know, not only with food, but with those also that other behavior, that ego, that self-defeating behavior. I know I am powerless over that too. And without help, it is too much for me. I cannot control, manipulate, think my way through this. Um, the only way that I can do this is with a higher power. And, you know, for anyone who's not religious, I'm certainly not religious still, um, despite having been in recovery for some time and abstinence. You know, that is no barrier. We just need to find a power greater than us. And yes, I must find him now because I have to find some sort of power that's going to keep me on this road. Um, and it's certainly not my power that's going to do that. Um, it's going to be a power greater than me. And how I define that, that's totally up to me, um, whatever works for me. So, um I don't think I've got anything else to add on that one, but just, you know, really not mincing with the words. Hi, here. Um, Bill W. As always, that's great. Thanks. And I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Claire E. And now we'll have Linda D. followed by Melissa C. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. And I'm so stunned and grateful to be recovered again today. It's uh, I don't take it for granted. Usually, but the first share blew me away. It was so so sensational. Everybody is just amazing. Everyone after that too. Um, 
I have to remember something. I woke up. I woke up Linda. I woke up human. And I have this disease. What a blessing to know that I have this disease. Of course I didn't start out knowing that or thinking it was a blessing either because it's a real pain in the ass. It really is awful, awful, awful. And I've been through awful just like you have. And I don't want awful again. So what do I have to do? I have to remember that there is a power in the universe. Not just a power, but the power is God. That's the last thing I could have ever imagined. I was an atheist. So you can imagine how big my ego was on some level. Just nuts. Anyway, if this power didn't show up, through doing these steps, I would be hanging from a timber in my cellar. I guarantee it. That was a real possibility. <coughs> Excuse me. So you don't have to hear any more ugly stuff because you've lived it too, one way or the other. The point is, the power is real. I found it and I find it through the steps. I need to do it fresh every day because it's a new day. And I won't be a new Linda without that power. Not only to give me a life force, but to direct it. Because I have to learn to listen. Really listen and hear what I'm directed to do. It's a guiding power. It's within. It doesn't originate in me, but it is within me. And this is my experience, is that it's all loving. So I'm surrendering to love. It might not look like it. But it is it. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Hey, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive over, and I live in New York. Um, just started my timer. You know, so like I read this, and it's okay, so remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. And those sound like human characteristics, right? Personification, that's what we say, um, of what? Of food. And, you know, unless you're an addict, that would sound absolutely crazy. How could food be cunning, like sneaky and puzzling and powerful, right? Or, like, for normal people, just don't eat it. But... um, no, for me, it does have those evil human characteristics that the disease does. And, you know, I think about it, it's it's like a handsome stalker. You know, it, it knows precisely what to say, what to do to get me to, to, to give in, you know. And, and it can come in the most subtle ways, like um, just a little more, like, right, like, you don't have to be so accurate in your measurements or you're out. You could have this. And, and there's a million ways that this disease has come in. And the problem is, is I can't remember, right? That's part of this, um, part of the earmark of having this disease is that my ability to remember, um, I can't call upon in, in the moments when I need to remember, right? Like I could always remember after the fact, but... Um, remembering is, is part of willpower and I don't have a willpower, right? So, 
or I do, but it has an expiration date and it has an unpredictable expiration date. So I'm really screwed. And it's too much for me. I can't like, and I have like a lifetime of painful experiences to tell me that. So what, what can I do? Right. What can I do? Someone like me who can't handle this on her own. Um, well, there is one right, who has all power and that one is God. I mean, that's it. It's like, uh, you know, I often say this is, um, this is a for people who must have an experience with a miracle. There's nothing else that's going to save me but a miracle. And so, you know, um, that's why I can't balk. That's why I can't go for easier, softer ways. Because if you're a person who requires a miracle, you don't care how hard the way is, right? You're drowning. You don't care. You just concede um, because there's nothing else. And the wonderful thing is, once you admit, you can actually find it now. It's available right now. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Barbara E., you're up, followed by Heidi L. Good morning, everyone. Barbara E., as you said, here in New Jersey. Well, for me, I really thought I was insane. Insanity deals with the inability to see the truth. It has nothing to do with being crazy. If you're a crazy person, that means you've lost most of your brains. Our insanity, at least mine, is entirely different. For me, crazy deals with my inability to see the truth about a particular issue. In the dictionary, the word crazy means losing your whole mind. If your mind is whole and you can see the truth, you're sane. But at certain times, I couldn't see the truth about something. And it was about my compulsive overeating. It meant I was not quite all there when it came came to my desire to kill myself with food. I was unable to see the truth. I believed the lies my disease told me. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about the illusion and the delusion. It meant believing a lie. And that's what I did for so many years. I believed the lie that told me I could take that first bite. But unfortunately, once a compulsive overeater, always a compulsive overeater, I couldn't see those strange mental blank spots. My forgetter was broken. I couldn't see when I was in dangerous territory. I needed willpower and self-knowledge, but that wouldn't keep me from taking the first bite. I needed the help, the concept of God as I understood him. And for me, God means good orderly direction. And I had to come to the turning point to decide to continue to the bitter end or turn in a different direction. I had to decide to... Wow. I'll just finish up. I had to decide... Yeah, no, that's not me. Oh, that wasn't you? Okay, thank God. I had to decide to live on a spiritual basis based on my own knowledge. 
I had to take all the actions to save my life. And just for today, and today's not over, I have to begin again. Because as I said, once a compulsive eater, always a compulsive overeater. So every morning when I wake up, I say, thank you, God. I trust you to give me one more day of abstinence and to help others who need me. And that will help me to stay abstinent. Because service, I heard one time, was swimming. But then someone said, service is reducing your ego. It's reducing your sense of self. And I want to walk through that. Okay. I want to walk through that archway to freedom with all of you. Let's do it together. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, now we have Heidi L. followed by Jane F. Hi there. This is Heidi L. calling from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I just really wanted to just say to all of you how grateful I am. I am a recovered compulsive overeater sitting on my couch um, with the big book open in front of me looking at this fantastic piece of prose Um, remember that I we all of us deal with alcohol cunning baffling and powerful and um, to understand that we really it is truly what we have done with food is truly cunning baffling and powerful and what food has done to us is cunning baffling and powerful and I just God struck me abstinent on March 1st 2020 um it was had nothing to do with me it had I just but I did keep going to meetings I kept going to meetings and I kept going to meetings and I saw myself as an abstinent woman walking um I was waiting for God to strike me abstinent. I was doing some of the do things, and I realized that there were certain foods that were just killing me. And I certainly knew that before. But taking the step to eliminate them from my life uh, helped me to have freedom from food. And now I really and truly don't care. Well, no, actually, that's not true. My food is peaceful. It's in its proper place. I still care about what I eat and how I eat and when I eat and where I eat and with whom I eat. Um, But it's just, it's so much quieter. And um, I'm just grateful to all of you because the the only thing I really did differently was uh, I came to this meeting. I came to this meeting, not consistently, um, because it's just life is, is life and I have kids and I have a life. But I come when I can, and that, that was the only thing I did differently. So to all of you, all I just checked before I shared 450-odd of us uh, getting up and making a commitment to be in our day with abstinence and with this meeting, and thank you. I pass. Thank you, Heidi L., and now we'll have Jane S., followed by K L. And then we'll open it up for more shares. On We're on page um, 58, the fourth paragraph. Go ahead, Jane. Good morning. My name is Jane S. Uh, from New Hampshire, and I am extremely grateful to say today that I am recovered from compulsive overeating, and I surely did not do that myself. <laughs> um, 
my head is just whirling with what to say. So I had to stop and I had to ask God to help me set aside everything I think I know, everything I think I wanted to say so that his words can come through. And, uh, you know, I just can't thank everyone on this line in this whole vision group for um, where you've brought me in the past four or five years. I've been listening and sitting on the sidelines for years. And uh, finally, uh, in January of this year, um, I got to a point where I was just so uh, baffled. <laughs> uh, the, the food has been um, so cunning and baffling and powerless, powerful in my life for so many years um, that it's just rendered me powerless. And uh, I just didn't realize how powerless. And, uh, you know, I've been in this, uh, the parent, our parent program here for over a dozen years. And once I came in and got sober, um, God helped me see very quickly that there was something else in the way. And that was food. But I didn't know how to tap into his power to get through that. And uh, it's taken me almost 12 years. And uh, I can tell you this, that in January, I was finally uh, to a point where I asked for help. And God for me today is I understand God or great mystery or creator or whatever I want to call it at the time. Grandfather sometimes has brought me to a point to ask a person to take me through the steps. And, and I have... Um, and built a relationship that is so much stronger and there's a channel that's open now without the food in the way for me to see God and hear God in everything and everyone. And um, I've been walking through an, an extremely challenging time in my life right now and uh, <laughs> God has been there for me. God is the solution. Um, there is a power in my um, in my life today that is guiding me and um, helping me to remember uh, to try to reach out even when I don't want to reach out and listen to other people's words. And that's where I hear the power. I know that power is inside of me as well as in every one of you. So all I can say is thank you. And I'm just grateful to be here and recovered today and, uh, and feeling the solution. The solution is in God. God is my solution today. <laughs> so thanks for letting me share. Grateful to be here. Thanks for everyone's service. Thank you so much, Jane. And KL, you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Hello, everyone. My name is KL. Can I be heard? Yes. Hello? Okay. Hi, I'm KL from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. So I'm actually learning, and I feel as though I'm reading this for the first time, although I read it already. So I'm looking at it with fresh eyes. So my understanding is that this disease is cunning. It's deceitful. It's perplexing to us. It's like um, an enemy that's waiting to strike us at any time. So it's quite sneaky. This disease is stronger than us in our human form. This is why we need reinforcements. And this passage is telling me that the reinforcement I need or we need is not of human need. It's of it's on a higher plane. It is spiritual. It is a higher power who is stronger than us and is stronger than this disease. And this is now my understanding after reading this several times. And with that, I pass. Thank you, everyone. 
Thank you. Okay, um, so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who else would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 58? Remember that we deal sure. with alcohol. Jim A. Andrea. Georgia. Rick J. Okay, Georgia. okay, I thought I heard a Chuck and Rick. Okay, and who else? Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Kim Sandy A. S. Kim A. Sandy S. Donna M. Donna M. Katie, did you hear Carmela G? Yes. I did not. Thank okay, you. Carmela G. And was that Leah S.? Yes. Okay, so I haven't done any math. Claire E. Oh, no, not Clary. She already spoke. So who is that? Pat B. Okay. Um, I think I have enough names here. I heard Chuck, Rick, Jennifer C, Kim A, Sandy S, Donna M, Carmela G, and Leah S. Did I hear Chuck and Rick? Okay. Well, yeah, I Chuck said my name. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead, please, Chuck, followed by Rick. Good morning, everyone. This is Chuck Cape from Georgia. And uh, when I think of cunning, baffling, and powerful, the powerful part I could see pretty easily. But the cunning part was a little more problematic for me. And I remember when I first came into program five years ago, the miracle that occurred for me was I gave up snacking, something I thought was an impossibility prior to that. And I never knew anything about program uh, until the first day I, I went to program, and I've been a member ever since. And I remember at the time, everybody made this big deal about sugar and flour. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't relate to sugar and flour being an allergic food because I'd given up snacking. I was losing weight, and I was able to eat these ingredients. And, and I just said, this, this doesn't apply to me. Well, over time it was proven that these things did apply to me. And as my food, my plan of eating evolved, first I gave up sugar, uh, then I gave up flour, and then I gave up a whole list of ingredients. And when I was able to do these things, my recovery improved each step. Recovery. Uh, looking back, I'd love to have been able to give all of that stuff up to the, at the beginning and five years ago, been entirely absent. If that wasn't what was what was in the books for me, and now I look at it in the same way when I'm helping other people, when I'm sponsoring, I can give that experience, and maybe something I'll say will help someone else get a jump start on their recovery and become willing to give up the things that they may not even realize are causing them problems. And the only thing that I have to help me in that fight, because I'm fighting an enemy I cannot defeat. When I'm starting the work, I have to be able to reach my hand out and hold somebody else's hand. When I do that, I have to be willing to work, to do what they say. Doesn't matter if I think it's going to happen. Doesn't matter if I think it's going to work. Doesn't matter if I think it's silly and I don't understand it. I just have to be willing to do these things. And then what happens, 
God can then come in and the miracle can happen for me. And then instead of holding this other person's hand, I can now hold God's hand, something that I don't want to do, something that just didn't happen, even though I had a conception of God that I thought worked for me. And I certainly had religious experiences that that I felt and I believed in. So that's the message that I have. This this disease is, is horrible. He's a trickster. He's evil, wants to destroy me and my family and everything. Cruel, heartless, mean. And the only thing I have is holding people's hand, listening to what people say, doing the things they're asking me to do, trusting that they're not trying to hurt me and they're not crazy, but they're trying to help me. And then as I progress and program, well, I get the wonderful blessing of doing that same thing for other people. So I'm thankful for this program. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Chuck. Okay, Rick J., you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Good morning, Katie. My name's uh, Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina, um, and not cured, as my dear friend says. And remember, I like Warren uh, starting us off with uh, the remember. Um, you know, I, uh, I have a colander head. I don't have a big reservoir where, uh, where this sloshes around, you know, up there for me to be able to tap into. Um, the way I relate with this disease is that, uh, you know, in this colander head, it just immediately starts pouring out. It's like a hundred little tiny holes. Um, this, this special connection here, talking with the sponsee this morning, um, praying and meditating, I have to continue to do this. Um, I have to remember what I'm dealing with. I have to remember. So um, I'm dealing with um, certain foods and, and certain ingredients that trigger me. And, and, you know, with alcohol, it was a lot simpler for me. Not easier in the beginning, but it was definitely much simpler. Okay, I don't drink alcohol. That's pretty simple. And with uh, with certain foods and ingredients, you know, even though I was uh, not eating, obviously, sugar, uh, you know, laden foods, you know, them working in the ingredients, I didn't realize how that was triggering me and how entire abstinence was, was crucial for me to be able to... Um, to completely unblock myself and to open myself, that cunning, baffling, and powerful. You know, I have a, a physical allergy that I am never cured of. When it says we're not cured, that's what I'm not cured of is that physical allergy. But that obsession of the mind is going to drive me into that first compulsive bite to trigger that allergy is also it's a part of me. And I have to have a power that's greater than that power of that obsession, you know, and that God of my understanding is what I am connecting to. I rewrote this for myself. May you connect with this power now. May you connect with this power now. This basically is what I do every day. I wake up remembering that I'm dealing with, with alcohol, with food, with certain ingredients, Cunning, baffling, and powerful. Without help, it is too much for me today because I'm not cured. But there is one who has all power. That one is the God of my understanding. May I connect with that power right now? And I do this every day, and I work these steps. 
I unblock myself when I get blocked. A spiritual disconnect is the first step of the relapse for me. That's the seed. And as long as I'm in a state of spiritual disconnection, I am extremely vulnerable. So I have to reconnect that power. It's not about me white knuckling, you know, in a food plan. It's about me staying connected to this power because it is too much for me. It's too much for all of us. And I really love the, the meeting and the shares. It's, um, it's very moving, and I Hi, really hear this. So with that, I pass. Thank you. And sorry, I took way too many names, um, but we'll get to who we can. So Jennifer C., you're up, followed by Kim A. Good morning, everyone. Jennifer C. Recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. So grateful for all of you. Um, when I read this paragraph, I feel like this is basically the summary of steps one, two, and three. Um, <clears throat> you know, I am completely powerless. Um, it is way too much for me, uh, not just food, but addiction in general. Uh, food, obsession, anything that feels good and, and, and gives my brain that dopamine hit. Um, and if it's not food, this brain's going to find something else, right? That's my tendency. That's my powerlessness. I am completely powerless over that tendency to, to find a replacement. Um, this paragraph also tells me that God has to replace the food um, or it's going to be replaced by another obsession and I'm going to be stuck in that whack-a-mole uh, game. I have absolutely no power over this, you know, fact of who I am that I will find some other way to, um, to fill that God-shaped hole. So that's how my brain works. And then step two, I need this help, right? I have no power. I need power. Please, God, help this girl. This girl has no power, and please save her from herself. Um, and the bottom line for me today is that no matter what the problem is, God has to be my solution. That's what I have to surrender to. Step three, like, I offer myself to this reality today that, like, God is my only solution. And no matter what the obsession is, whether it's food, whether it's restlessness, whether it's a resentment, discontentment, God is my answer. Um, and that's a central fact of my life today that I have to accept and surrender to. Um, because otherwise, I, I stay stuck in that game, that whack-a-mole game. And, and, and the thing is, God alleviates that for me because this God-shaped hole that I was created with um, can only be filled with that power source. Um, so I am so grateful that I am not only, you know, aware of this solution, but that I'm practicing it today because it's not from os osmosis. You know, I've, I've always kind of known like, okay, yes, God is my solution. But what does that actually look like? It actually looks like this very practical, workable way to access the connection through these beautiful steps. That's it. That's it. It's this program. It's these steps. And it's God in all of you. So have a wonderful day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay. Now we'll have Sandy S. No, this is this Kim. Is Okay, that I'm was sorry. Was, as soon as I said that, I realized I was wrong. Okay, go ahead, please, Kim A. Thank and you. Hi. Followed by Sandy S. Good morning. I'm unmuted, right? Yes. Okay, thanks. Hi, this is Kim A. from New York City. So the other place that we see the word baffle is in the promises. It says that we will intuitively know how to handle situations 
which used to baffle us. That's after step nine. So here we are at this point in the book going on to step four, right? And there's talking about how, <clears throat> excuse me, how food for us is baffling. So how is it that between step four and step nine, it's no longer baffling? It's because when we work those actions that are in the steps, we see that it's not actually food that it, that's our problem. When we do our inventory and we work with our sponsor on step five and they help us see our resentments and, you know, the fears and our sex conduct, when they help us see this from a different angle, that we've played a part in all this and we start to really come to understand our defects and what the food has done to us and what we have then done to other people and just to our own lives, we're able to then go into step six and seven where we're willing to have these things removed by our higher power. And those are, of course, replaced with different attitudes and different outlooks and at this point we become a lot more god conscious you know we're we're having this psychic change which is really just a change in our attitude and our outlook it always sounded very daunting to me this psychic change but it's really nothing more than for me it was gradual a gradual change in our understanding of who we are I want to say who we are as compulsive eaters, but it really has nothing to do with food. Food is only mentioned in the first step, right? And so what seems to be baffling, right, our powerlessness, it says, uh, in the, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place, but in the paragraph that we read, you know, that, oh, I don't know where it is. Oh, that um, without help it's too much for us because we don't have any power. We're powerless over food but we're also powerless over our defects of character and all of these things that cause us to need to seek even comfort from food. And so all of this starts to come together after step nine, after we first, you know, start to become humble and make our amends. And we really start to understand that it's not about food and that if we continue to live in steps 10, 11, and 12, we will no longer need to seek ease and comfort from food because we know what the solution is now. Food was just the solution that we used before. It was never our problem. And for me, Time, please. okay, forget about me. <laughs> Thank you for letting me share. This is Kim A. from New York City, I guess. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Sandy S., you're up, followed by Donna M., and I'm sorry, but Carmela G. and Leah S., if you could stick around for the second hour. We have four minutes, so if Sandy and Donna could each take two minutes, that would be fabulous. Hi, Sandy S., recovered compulsive overeater from Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, I really felt drawn to comment on this. What's cunning, baffling, and powerful for me after 45 years of entire abstinence is the self-hatred, the fear, the fear that I'm not enough, the fear that I can't do what I need to do, the jealousy, cunning, baffling, powerful. I always knew that that was the problem. It was never food, just for me. And when I need to remember, the thing I need to remember is the strengths that God gave me. 
He gave me courage. He gave me discipline. He gave me perseverance. God gave me the capacity to love. And most of all, this is what I am seeking. Trust that I am enough. That I have enough. That there is a higher power within me. And I cannot be powerless over all these crippling emotions. I would never choose them. And each day it's a matter of being willing to have God remove them. I can't. But I am totally willing to be open to the evidence that God can. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sandy. Okay, Donna M., you're up. You have three minutes. Two minutes. Donna M. I'm Donna M. May I be heard? Yes. Go ahead, Donna. Donna, we can't hear you. May I be heard? Yes, you can. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to share on this passage. I've been in OA for over 30 years, and um, for 29 of those years, I was uh, I was slipping and sliding in and out of the program, and um, there were times when I thought that I did I was recovered, um, but in February of last year when I took food out of the garbage, I knew that I had been deceiving myself. Um, I knew I had been lying, and this illness was certainly um, cunning, baffling, and powerful, lying to myself. But I had continued for all these years to hold on to my eating behaviors. I, I saw the abstinence definition, but I didn't think it applied to me. And that today, and I also thought that if I continued to work the, the steps and live in steps 10 and 11 and 12, that I, I, would, I would be recovered. But I continued, to, I continued to go back to the food time and time again. So I had to be rigorously honest about my food and to put down the eating behaviors that were causing me to go back to my binge foods and binge eating behaviors. And today I'm grateful to have 15 months of abstinence and to be living in the solution. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And that brings us to the end of the um, recorded part of our program, program meeting. Okay, so thank you to everyone who shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, May 19th, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,975. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Susan H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. This is Susan H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. <clears throat> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you could do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.